0: So that brings me to, uh, we're, we're on the sixth I am. We're saving the seventh I am, which, for next week, which is I am the resurrection and the life. I had to, had to get them out of order because it's Easter Sunday. He, he is the, yeah, I am the resurrection and the life. And, uh, these, these seven I ams that are found in, in the book, the Gospel of John are Jesus' revelation as the Messiah. He's is, he is making it absolutely clear, I am the one, I am the, the way, the truth, and the life. I am the good shepherd. I am the bread of life. I am the light of the world. I am the... Uh, and today, he, he talks about, I am the vine. And so, this is a really... Uh, to, to develop this would be like, you know, we could study these first few verses for months, literally. There are so many themes within them. We're talked, talked talk about the theme of love, the theme of joy, the theme of, of the, the, the God, God as a pruner, uh, the, the, the theme of Jesus as the vine and how do we remain in him and, and so, uh, as always, I'm always overwhelmed as I'm studying. It's like, okay, how do you boil all this down into a 35-minute message? <laughs> it's always more challenging than it looks. Uh, so I, I, as I, I'm going to talk about three things that I think are easy for us to understand and apply um, that will help us as we go along. Now, the the whole concept when Jesus was revealing Himself as the Messiah, that there was a concept in in the Old Testament uh, to Israel that they were the vineyard, and Jesus comes along and and I'll, I'll read I'll read this for us, um, and he he identifies Himself as the true vine. That when the, when His disciples heard this, they would instantly hearken back. Oh, He's talking about before the the vineyard was God's focus and he was saying it's no longer the vineyard me i am the true vine and and if you want to really find the life of God you're going to find it in me you're not going to find it in the community of Israel anymore and so he's he's boiling everything down to one point and he's and which we've seen almost every week when he says I am the good shepherd I am the door uh I am the bread everything points to him it's it's no longer about th- the theology of of the old testament it's now I am the savior of the world you guys got it Which is beautiful because I like, and I think I wrote about it this week, I like that God simplifies stuff for me. I'm just not that smart. I'm like Winnie the Pooh, a bear of very little brain. And so, you know, it's like, you're like, I get it. Jesus, you know, I I get it. But this, this whole concept. Now, again, we, we already talked about it in our sacred reading, but he is talking to the disciples. This is like his last conversation. So if you're on your deathbed, uh, you wouldn't be like, hey, you know, how's the weather? Uh, you, you know, you're talking about deep stuff. It's like, I really love you. You know, you, you reconcile, you do whatever you can, right? This is, this is not a time to be chit-chatting. And so Jesus is, is being very clear here. I want you to understand something that you, that we've covered before, uh, chapter 14, as Leonard brought up, but we're going to cover it again because you guys also don't get it, uh, that we saw that the disciples they weren't really—they uh, uh, weren't on it like Jesus wanted them to be, which is good news for us because even if we're not on it as we think that Jesus wants us to be, He's still willing to work work with us, and He sends the Holy Spirit, which uh, Chapter 14 talks about. I'm going to send you a helper. You need a helper. I'm going to send it to you. He's going to come and He's going to reveal truth to you that you should have gotten by now after three years walking with me, but uh, I'm going to—I'm going to do it. Okay. So today we're talking about Jesus is the vine. And this is what it says, John chapter 15, verse 1. says, I am the true vine, and my Father is the gardener. We just stay there all day. He cuts off every branch. I love this. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. You already—you are already clean, that means already pruned, uh, because the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me or abide in me, depending on the version you have, as I also abide in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can... You bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. You will, If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown in the fire, and burned. If you remain in me, and my words remain in you. Ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory, that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. That's some deep stuff, right? So there's some dominant themes in there that I just wanted to kind of pull out, that some are... important for us, and some bother us. Now, when we read, I remember reading this as a young Christian. It says, I cut off every branch of me that bears no fruit. How many have ever been afraid of that scripture? (laughs) You look in the mirror, you're like, fruit? I don't see any fruit. Uh Uh-oh, the old loppers are coming. You know, it's like, you know, the father's out there, click, click, click. You're like, no, no, no. And you can't run if you're in a vine. So uh, there's, that's not what it says. Uh, in earlier parts of the, of the Gospel of John and in First John, it says, "Whoever the Lord brings to me, I will no ways cast out." Right? We understand that that we are secure in Christ because of what He has done, not because of what we do. Everybody good? But there were people that they knew about, and he. It, it, many many think that he was talking about Judas here, because again, we're looking at this whole. 13, uh, you know, chapter 13 on, and saying, Listen, sometimes there's people in churches that are walking around with you and they're not following me, right? I mean, you have unbelievers, then you have non believers. <laughs> And then you have believers. You know, the non-believers are, are people that act like Christians, want to be Christians. Well, they don't want to be Christians. They want to hang out with and be in the right club. They want to go to heaven or whatever, but they're not really following Jesus. And that's what Judas was doing, right? Judas was not a believer in Jesus. We know, you know, as the Messiah. Everybody good? So part of the conversation might be hearkening back. To to his his talk there, saying, "Hey, sometimes we're walking together, and uh, I've I've seen this before because I've I've actually seen people walk away from the Lord." Okay, you're, you guys are still here, so we're not going to worry about that. <laughs> it, it now, and I I won't really say. It you know again we don't know what god's doing in their heart or what's happening in their own in their own life and so we're not going to say well god's got the loppers he's ready to to you know cut you off that's not that's not our business our business is to welcome everyone come on in the the water's fine right everybody the gospel is for everyone and we're not we're not there to to you know separate the the wheat from the tares okay but if you've ever felt that, and I've, I've read a number of scriptures that sometimes I read them and I get afraid. Even after walking with Jesus, I mean, not so much now. Um, certainly as a, as a new Christian, I remember reading in 1 John, it says, anyone who sins uh, is, is not a Christian. I'm like, what? I'm still sinning all the time. I guess I'm not a Christian. I, 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 better, get, I better get out of here. Or better stop sinning. Uh, so, uh, again, you have to take all of these things, and I I think to your point, Hector, to just take one scripture and say, okay, this is what this is, you have to take the scriptures all together, you know, as one, as one thing. So it's like, am I a friend of God today? Uh, I don't know. I wasn't feeling very friendly. Was I laying down my life? Maybe I'm not a Christian. That, if you get into that circle in your mind, that's called Satan. (laughs) <laughs> that's not that's not God, <laughs> because he would lo- he always loves to turn God against us, right? Even in the wilderness, you, you know that's what Satan did to Jesus. He's like, did God really say, "Come on, God's not, you know, God's kind of an unfair person, isn't he?" And so you should be afraid of him because, uh, and Jesus is like, uh, no, I read the same scripture and I, I'm interpreting it much differently. God loves me. Okay. I don't want to bog down on that, but as I was reading this, I know that uh, many people don't understand that God loves them completely. And He's desiring them completely. And what this is about is not about cutting people off, but actually helping them to grow to be the full people that God calls them to be. Okay, which is where we get to. So the the first theme I want to look at briefly is this thing where He says, like, he cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. Okay, so let's talk about pruning for just a minute. Uh how many are gardeners here? Anybody? Anybody got no no gardeners? Okay. Black thumbs, green thumbs, right? Uh Jenny and I we we've we've been going south uh, a number of times. Uh, to get away from the Silicon Valley and its restrictions throughout the pandemic. We, we drive south because there seems to be people that have more sanity down <laughs> that way. And we, and we, we, we drive through, uh, the vineyards there on 101. You go from King City on down to, you know, Pas Robles and you see a lot of vineyards. And so we've gone down probably, I don't know, a few times down to the, the beaches in that county. And, um, You, we, you get to see the vineyards growing. And so we've seen them all year. We've gone through the whole process. And so in those vineyards, they're very fruitful. And we, we watched them. They got green, right? Last spring. And then we saw the grapes and we saw the harvest and that was great. And now they went through the winter and they look terrible. What happens is that they got all these shoots when all the leaves are gone and all the grapes are gone. You get all these, these wild branches and somebody has to come along and trim those things and put them back. And this word uh prune uh can be taken two ways. Uh you know, one writer that I was reading, he was saying that it's possible Jesus was having this conversation as he was walking to Gethsemane with his disciples. And I thought, oh, I li- I like that. I always like to see Jesus walking, you know. We're always stuck in our offices and we're like, okay, everybody, let's gather around, you know. And Jesus he, he liked to teach on the road. And it's very possible that uh, throughout pa- that whole area there was lots of vineyards and he could have said, "Okay, now check this out." Now to prune, sometimes they cut but then sometimes they they didn't have trellises, so to speak. But they they would put the the grapes on uh, like trees or walls and things like that because they want they know that it grows better when it's lifted up off the ground, right? Everybody knows that you got to get those plants off the ground. What happens if you leave them on the ground? Yeah, they rot. You get rotted. And so God loves to lift us up. He loves to trellis us in front of the sun. And he loves to take off the suckers. If you've ever done any any trimming like that, you know you have to prune the sucker branches. And I, I put that down on, on, he's got like dead wood, he's got suckers, and then he's got fruitful stuff. Now, you guys are going to hate this. Just when you think you're getting along good, you're fruitful, you're starting to walk with Jesus, you're good. good then something comes along like a pandemic now this has happened to all of us all at once isn't this great so we all get the same test that never happens usually it's like oh man i just lost my job that's my test it's like oh i just thought you know just lost this and 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 we're all having different tests but we all got to get the same test isn't that great isn't god good Giving us all the same test, <laughs> and so during the pandemic, I noticed that that there was, the, you know, when you have more time, that you know you're not driving all over and going crazy. You have to, you're like, am I going to shop today? No, I don't want to. I don't want to stand in line with all those people with masks on. That bothers me, you, you know. And you're, you know, and at first you're afraid, just like, oh no, I can't go out because it's in the air or something. Anyway, so you start to see stuff in your life, like. You know, it, it, at first, I was very impatient. You know, in fact, you know, I didn't shop for months because it's like, there's a line. It looks like Disneyland at, at Trader Joe's. You are like, you know, don't they have a fast pass for that? You know, now that I'm a senior, they do actually do have a fast pass. But you got to get up early in the morning. That's no fun. And so I, so I didn't do that either. I just starved in my house. I, but you get impatient, you know, and not just with Trader Joe's line. You get patient, impatient with other people. Right? Even in your own house. I mean, that, that happened kind of early on. <laughs> it was like, man, is this dead wood or what? And so God, by his grace, comes along and he says, man, that looks dead. And what's happening there? That's dead wood. We got to get rid of that. Right? And then you get, you got these suckers. It's like, it looks like we're doing pretty good. This happens in my own yard. I've got berry bushes and I'll get the, and the, 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 the stems that grow the most, Look the best, but you, but there's no berries. They're just suckers, and I hate that. And, and so it's kind of like the Christian life. It's like, how you doing? I'm doing fantastic. I'm making it right through the pandemic. And everybody's like, man, that guy's so full of faith. You should see the real me. I, 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 you know, wouldn't it be great if, you know, if we could strip away all the outside? No, actually, that wouldn't be good. Because there's the real me inside that's like, we're not going to make this. Where is God? What's happening? What, what is going on to my life? What, you know, there's the, the hectic me. Is, do you have a hectic you? The, the one that, that doesn't remain in Jesus is why the second part is he's like, you got to remain in me if, if you're going to have fruit, right? But instead I do the sucker thing and every week you see a sucker. Here's a sucker walking around saying, "Hey, don't call me sucker." Uh, But that stuff's got to go too. And I think you know, part part of what I've prayed that we would cultivate as as a church is that we would be okay being ourselves. That we don't have to be suckers, right? We don't have to be Christians. It's like, hey, man, everything's good, man. I got Jesus, and it's all good. It's okay. To not be that stuff. But every once in a while, you finally achieve fruitfulness. You're like, hey, I'm actually a patient guy today. Have you been patient at all this? Right? And you achieve it. And then Father comes along and says, hey, that looks really good. I think I'm going to lop that off. How many like this? No, nobody likes this. So even... You might have the dead stuff and you're like, yeah, take it, Lord. You might have the suckers like, "Ah, okay, it's got to go. But we hate it when we've actually come to a place. It's like, I think I'm really getting on with Jesus. And then he says, good time to take that too. Uh-oh. So what is that? What is that about? He doesn't want us in a place of homeostasis. I think in in, you know in our body in our life we just want to come to that place where we're comfortable. That's called homeostasis for us, right? Isn't it nice after a good meal you just sit back and you're like, doesn't get any better than this, right? Or you, you you get to the end of the month and you're like, I still have a dollar left in my checking account. It doesn't get any better than this, right? I mean, you, you, and in our bodies, it's the same thing. We just want to be all good. And Jesus, the way that the Father treats us, he goes, "I, I." we experience seasons of that, and it's great. But if you stay there too long, you will not be fruitful for the next season. And so he comes along by his providence. He brings pandemics and other wonderful things by his providence into our life so that we can experience greater fruitfulness. If we didn't have any problems in our life, we would never really grow as a Christian. You know that? It's only when we really have to go for him. Uh, when it, usually we're, we're really going for him when there's problems in our life. So... All that to say, welcome God's fruitfulness in your life. In fact, we should all just say, "Lord, go ahead. Take whatever you need to take." Because he wants us fruitful for the next season. Okay, everybody good with that? Going to move to the second thing. Okay. So give yourself to the pruning. Uh let let the challenges be what God wants for you. Okay. This the second thing is, and this this could be you know people have written whole books on this is Jesus talking about abiding in me and abiding in me and and I I put this down as just living fruitfully in Jesus. You know he makes a statement he says apart from me you can do nothing. Right? And you're saying hey I'm doing fine without Jesus. I mean the whole world is going I'm doing fine without Jesus I'm doing something. But he's saying, no, anything of eternal consequence, believe me, if you're not in me, it is not working. Now, how many of you have ever tried to do something in your own strength and it actually worked out? I mean, yeah. that You can actually, you know, I mean, some people, they, you know, they never pray about what they're going to invest in. They're like, we hit it big. This is great. You know, if you, I, I, uh, but was gonna do uh I have to do a Zoom meeting. I was logging into Zoom and it took me to the Zoom stock and I, I, I get I get stuck. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I'm like a little squirrel. I'm like, oh Zoom stock. So I'm like, I wonder where Zoom was in uh before the pandemic. It was like seventy bucks. Would have been a good investment. It's like five hundred and eighty now. I'm like, man, I, I should've I should've logged in earlier. Uh, But anyway, I don't have any Zoom stock. Oh, well. Lord have mercy on me. I missed it. But guess what? What if that happened? Then I could all walk around here and say, I did something without Jesus. I didn't even ask him. I just saw that Zoom stock. I knew it was a good deal. And and, and Jesus, he's like, yeah, that's okay. (laughs) That's okay. But what's even better is when we are in Christ and we say, Lord, I just want your glory. I want Everything of me to be from you. And that's really our passion and our pursuit, right? Is like, I don't, I don't, I don't want to be on television. In <laughs> fact, I always tell Brooke, we don't want to be on the news. <laughs> you know? <laughs> no, I don't even want to have my 15 minutes of fame. I want to be in Christ. And one of the things that Jesus will do for us when we want to be in Him, he's, He will make us obscure. He, he will allow us to be obscure like he was obscure, right? So, okay, let's just talk about this for just a minute. The goal of, of abiding in Christ is fruitfulness. Now, we know from Paul's writing to the Galatians what fruitfulness looks like, right? Um, how are you guys doing with your love? Top ten? Let's, let's just score them. Okay, ten. Ten. Everybody a 10? Okay. How about your joy? 10? Good. Everybody here is a 10. If you're online and you're not a 10, I don't know what's, I don't know what's happening with you. Maybe you need to get closer. Anyway, just kidding. We're not a 10. How, uh, how about your peace? Are you at a 10? (laughs) Love, joy, peace. Patience? How's your, how's your patience a 10? Should we go through? Huh? Uh Uh-oh. Yeah. So, so this is a really good way to understand how I'm abiding in Christ, right? Because if we're not experiencing, and maybe nobody lives at a ten, you know, you know, maybe there's somebody, but they don't interact with the real world. (laughs) They they don't have a job. Um, But the Lord is wanting us to experience each of those things sometimes. Or at least in him as a 10. I know that when I'm spending time abiding in Christ, spending time with him, he, he says, if you remain in me, that's the, that, that's, that's the point. A lot of us, you know, it's like we want to get close, but he's like, no, you got to come in. And so I'll, I'll, I'll keep this short, but when we're not experiencing the fruit of the spirit, it's often because we're, we're not in Him. We're not remaining in Him. We're not getting close to Him, and we're not allowing the Holy Spirit to form us, transform us into His image. Okay, you guys good with that? Now, how does that happen? Uh, through, through believing in Him. When we say He is the light of the world, or He is the vine, or He is the door, saying, yes, Lord, I, I believe that you're, you're my shepherd. Okay? By trusting in Him. Is anybody going through anything difficult right now? Anybody? Anybody? <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. So we all are experiencing some difficulties, and so that's when we say, Lord, I am in you. I trust you for tomorrow. You guys are good? Okay. Now, uh, of course, resting is a big piece of, uh, you know, we should all be chill right now. Why? Because in Christ... Everything is going to work according to God's purposes, right? We don't have to worry. Jesus told us that a bunch of times because we don't have to worry. But if we're outside of Christ, if we're like, "Okay, well, I'm gonna, I, I'm in Jesus, but I'm going to have to make this happen," God says, "I'm sorry, that's not going to that, That's not the way it works." Now, if you're let, let's go back to our illustration real quick. Jesus talks about being in the vine, right? So if, if, just think of yourself as a sapling for a minute. You're drawing all of your energy from him. You're drawing all of your life from him. And a lot of times we find ourselves, we, we cut ourselves off. We stand over here and going, I'm not, I'm not feeling so energetic. And Jesus is like, get back, get back in, into the vine. Okay. And then he, he makes these two statements. He talks about being loved. And so the end being full of joy, and I, I think that those are the two things that really indicate for us: are am I really abiding in Christ? If I, am I loving the people around me and feeling loved, and am I joyful? And you know, because it's fun, isn't it fun to be fruitful? I, I, I like it when I'm feeling when I'm feeling good. Okay, uh, uh yeah. let's go to number three. I I want to talk about this great, this last great part here. It says right here, uh, if you remain in me, if you abide in me, and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish, and it'll be done for you. I got to talk about that, right? Because don't you want whatever you wish? Yeah! (laughs) It's like, woo! (laughs) I love that. And and it's like, it's like the secret in the secret. It, it's it is so beautiful because Jesus is saying, now you gotta read a line above. If you remain in me. See, if your passion is to be with Jesus and be in Jesus, then whatever you're praying for, believe me, it's gonna get answered because you don't care about anything but what Jesus wants. And, uh, and there's something bold about that. And, and I, I wish I could, I, I would be more, uh, Desperate for fruitfulness in my life, fruitfulness in our church, fruitfulness in the world, right? Because that's what he's saying. He's saying, what is going to bring glory to God? That last point he says, he says, ask whatever you wish. It'll be done. This is to my father's glory that you bear much fruit. The whole, the whole purpose of the gospel is to bring glory to the father. And when we pray, Anything that brings glory to the Father and brings fruit into our life, then He's like, "You got that, whatever that is." And I was just thinking, and I'll close with this: Is, is are we desperate for fruit in our life? You know, I, I guess i just got to say that I'm not desperate for fruit. I mean, I, I want it to happen, and and truthfully, when you think about the vine, it's something that should be natural, right? Because, you know, the branches in in the vine don't go, I'm growing, I'm growing, give me fruit, give me fruit, give me fruit, right? I mean, it's just natural by being part of it. But there is something about the heart of the branch that says, man, send some more juice up this way, because I want to have the biggest grapes. And that's what Jesus, I, I think, is he's saying is like, don't you understand the power you have in prayer when you desire to do kingdom work. Okay. Um, and I'll just, yeah, And end with this last thing. just It's important that our lives bring fame to God. That's what glory to God is. And you guys are doing great. Our, our church, we're wonderful. But there's somebody on the internet that might accidentally watch this. And you're like, I'm not bringing fame to God. Really, the goal of being with Jesus is so that God can have glory. Um, The way he gets glory is by each and every one of us expanding the kingdom of God uh, to others. And through our life, through love, uh, through our joy, through the fruit of the Spirit... And I just I want to encourage us uh, just in this last thing I, I I want our prayers to get bolder. I, I you know it's like let's do this thing, let's do this thing because every time somebody gets saved, somebody gets discipled, somebody multiplies as part of the kingdom, there's something that happens uh, that can't happen any other way. And so I want to encourage us, encourage you guys uh, if you're with me this morning, uh, let's pray bold. Because God wants to answer some prayers. Amen? All right. So with that, I will close with a bold prayer. Ready? All right, let's do it. Lord. Okay. Father, as I I look out, uh, I cannot see the fullness of your kingdom. But I know that you know that you have been allowing things to happen in our lives to prune us so that we'll be more fruitful. And we want to abide in Jesus in such a way that our life reflects the glory of God. And I I pray that as each each time we, we think about our prayers, that we would be looking to see you expand your kingdom and to get glory. Uh, Lord, whether it's something that, that we ask for ourselves, uh, Lord, we do have needs, and, and you, you encourage us uh, to ask about those things. But may our heart be knit with yours that each thing that we ask for would be connected to the glory of God and the kingdom of God. Lord, you want to show us through our prayers how much you love us, how much you are with us, and how much you want to accomplish in our world. And Lord, we're, we are desperate to see this world changed. We know it's not going to change politically. We know it can change spiritually, which will change everything. And Lord, we pray boldly that you would get glory for yourself by saving people, uh, that you would uh, help us to be part of your discipleship process, and help us to expand your kingdom. Uh, Lord, that is your call on us, and we want to be tied into you to accomplish that. Pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, you guys. Thank you for being with us. We're going to sign off on YouTube, uh, and then we're going to open for any prayer requests.